Hey everyone, this is Windy City on the first VRMLB podcast. Uh, if I get positive feedback, this might be like a weekly thing or two twice a week. But if I don't, you know, whatever, this will probably be like a one-shot thing. Um, sorry for this bad sound quality. I'm using just my internal speakers. and But if this becomes like a regular thing, I'll probably buy a cheap uh, external speaker. And uh, my voice is a little stuffy because I've had a cold for the last couple days. So on this first podcast, we're going to go through the last three major trades. And we're going to start with Arizona and the New York trade. New York receiving Gene Segura, Yasmani Tomas, Ruby De La Rosa, Jake Lamb, and Arizona's first round draft pick for 2016 and 2018. And Arizona gets in return Gary Sanchez, CeCe Sabathia, Chase Headley, Aaron Judge, Jacoby Ellsbury, and New York's second round draft pick. So coming into this trade, I really thought I was going to like Arizona's side better. Not only, basically, they don't get a lot besides Gary Sanchez, but you get Gary Sanchez. He's going to be the best hitter in this entire league. I mean, potentially now as he has the best OPS after Ortiz, but he ha- he's 23, only has 402 at-bats. He's going to be a star. He's going to probably be a multiple MVP award winner. I mean, he's going to be the best hitter probably for the next decade. But after sort of looking at this trade for the last day or so, I'm really coming away with liking New York side better. And really, my reasoning comes down to roster composition. So Arizona gets Gary Sanchez, obviously, best hitter. Uh, CeCe Sabathia, who is going to probably be an okay back-of-the-end rotation pitcher for the next year, maybe two. Uh, But he's not going to be, you know, an ace or anything. Chase Headley, who's probably going to be an okay backup uh, infielder for this season. And then you get Jacoby Ellsbury, who's going to also be a backup, hopefully a backup outfielder for this season. He's not that great. Aaron Judge, he's interesting. He's the only other interesting part on Diamond on the BB fan side, the Diamondback side. He has a 605 OPS and a real really low average, but um, I could see him actually becoming quite a good player. He only has 336 at bats, and if, especially if you sit him in your minors this season and winter ball him, I could see him turning into you know like someone an Adam Dunn type. I'm not saying he's going to be a perennial all-star but I could definitely see him contributing to your lineup in the future um but I like New York side better and it's because you get Gene Segura, Yasmani Tomas, uh, Jake Lamb, and Ruby de la Rosa all four will be contributors to your roster for the next four to six years I like Ruby de la Rosa's strikeouts compared to his hit per nine. He does have a really low stamina at 69, which is going to be, it's going to tax your bullpen quite a bit. He's probably never going to make it out of the fifth or sixth inning, or very occasionally. But he's a solid, you know, third, fourth guy in your rotation. You have Jake Lamb, who, I mean, I'm not sure I would start him at third base with that low of a fielding percentage, but he could be a really solid um DH, he you have to do you you have to watch out for that 154 strikeouts, but you know he could be your fifth guy in your 
uh, lineup, you know, power bat, high strikeout, but high home run potential. You then get Yasmani Tomas, who could be, who's going to be a solid outfielder. He still has a couple of positive progressions left. And the same thing with Gene Segura. He only has one positive progression left, but he's, you know, a solid um, second baseman, 868 OPS, high average, pretty good uh, OBP. And the reason you also get two first round draft picks from Arizona, which might be really high because taking a look at Arizona's roster, they don't have anything in their bullpen or uh, rotation. They have Matt Koch, who's going to be a pretty good reliever. I'm not going to lie about that. And then you have Jake Barrett, who could be, you know, an okay, maybe even a good reliever. And after that, you don't have anything. Your best pitcher, your best starter this year is going to probably be CeCe Sabathia, maybe, or Robbie Ray. Uh, And really, I mean, I wouldn't want those guys starting really that many I mean maybe as your fourth or fifth guy in your rotation but those are going to probably be your first second third guys with along with Zach Greinke and then the back end of the rotations are filled with guys like Archie Bradley and Patrick Corbin who have 1.5 plus uh whips and I mean Bradley does have a 9.1 strikeout but these guys should not are not going to be helping you stay competitive on the offensive side, you have Sanchez, Goldschmidt, and Herman, although Herman does have a really high strikeout rate. And then you have, you know, you have Drury, Weeks, Castillo, Owings, Peralta, I guess Headley, even Goslin's okay, maybe as your second baseman. But it's not like you have a really, really strong offense. You have basically two, three really good offensive guys, but you don't have anything in your rotation or bullpen and for this reason you're sort of wasting Gary Sanchez's potential um you're probably not going to be competitive for the next two to three years minimum because you're going to need to rebuild your entire rotation and almost your entire bullpen um and this is the reason why I don't like it you're not using Gary Sanchez's value really productively because he can only be signed to a six-year contract which means you're only going to be probably competitive with him for a maximum of four years because you don't have anything to trade except Sanchez or Goldschmidt for you know an ace caliber pitcher and so I don't see you really getting competitive until the free agent market opens up and that prob aces probably won't hit free agency until 2018 at the earliest maybe even 2019 so you're not going to have really anywhere to get pitching from and I think you're going to maybe only be competitive with Sanchez on his last two years of the deal maybe his last three years so for this reason because of roster composition I'm going to say that I like New York side better because they I think it was a smarter trade for them because it's looking like in the next, probably not this year, but in the next one, two, three years, they're going to be competitive. And all four guys that they traded for are probably going to be either traded for guys who will help make that run or will be the guys who help make that run to the playoffs. Uh, the next trade that we're going to discuss is 
Colorado versus Houston. And um, I don't have as strong of an opinion on this, but I do think I'm going to lean Colorado on this because of Altuve. And really it's because they're obviously going for it right now with J.K., they have Luke Gregerson, who's a solid reliever. They got Dallas Keuchel, who should be an okay pitch, starting pitcher. Pat Neshek, another solid reliever. And then you have Jose Altuve, who's you know one of the better hitters in this league. He has a really high average in OBP. Like, you know, solid first, second guy in your order. Um, and then they traded Carlos Gonzalez, who, if the Astros are going for it this year, I don't understand this move, because Cargo, he's 31, he has an 855 OPS, you know, he's going to be a solid outfielder for the next two, three years, but you're, you also get Daniel Descalso, 777 OPS, he's 29, so he's about to decline, he's a shortstop, so I mean, you already have a solid shortstop, but I'm guessing he'll probably play second base, for Houston, and then you get John Gray, who I do like John Gray a lot, but I'm not sure what he, the Astros are doing. Uh, are they rebuild? If they're rebuilding, I could see this trade doing uh, making sense because you do get two first rounders, which are probably going to be somewhat valuable. Colorado has a very high first pick this year, and uh, 2018 might not be as high, but you know, it's still two first-rounders. That's a pretty good return. And John Gray is going to probably become a solid... I would say he's he has the potential of being an ace. And the only question I really have is that a lot of your offensive guys on Houston are in their primes now. Besides, I mean, Bregman and Correa, almost everyone else have already peaked and are on the decline. So... Maybe they are trying to looking for a rebuild because they do have uh, Musgrove, and now they have Gray to build around rotational rotationally wise. But it's just sort of a confusing move because Daniel Descalso is sort of a win now type of player, I would say, and so is Cargo. But Gray and the two first round picks sort of make this a win later type of move. So I just don't really like that, you know, double not double standard, but, you know, that conflicting ideals. So I think they sort of have to get their minds around, like, are they win now or are they win later? Are they just going to try out for this season and then, if not, try to rebuild? You know, it's just not a very solid ideology. Um, and the reason why I like Colorado is they're obviously going for it. They're going all out on offense. They're not really giving a sh They're not giving any, you know, well, yeah, they're not giving a shit about uh, starting pitching. But they are building a solid uh, bullpen, which might help save them if their starting pitching goes out the window. Uh, the next trade. So I would overall, you know, this is a solid trade for Colorado. It is an okay trade for Houston. I just don't really see where they're going with this trade. It's sort of a win now and win later type of move, but sort of separating your parts or Maybe they're just going to try to trade the first-round draft picks and go for now, but, you know, it's just I don't really like it all that much from that side. Uh, the final trade I'm going to discuss 
is uh, the Colorado-Washington trade. Um, this trade, I believe, included, um, yeah, it included the Rockies sending their 2016 second round pick to the Nats. And so the Nats get Trevor Story, who, I mean, I think we all know Trevor Story. He's only 23, 909 OPS, incredible home run rate. Uh, but he does strike out a lot, and he doesn't walk as much as I'd like with all those strikeouts, but he's still a very solid shortstop. He's going to be what the Nationals probably build around. Um, pro hopefully, Story and you know uh, Turner and Harper are going to really make this offense click especially in four in like three four years down the road this is gonna be a really scary offense um, and it also allows them to sort of still stay in a win now mode as story is not a huge downgrade from Murphy but and so Murphy 990 OPS solid fielding stats 4.3 RF with a 982 fielding percentage, similar to Story, but um, I like the nat national side better because Murphy is going, he's on the decline and Story's on the in incline, incline? I don't know, he's positively progressing and he has four more positive progressions left I mean, I can really see Story becoming a, one of the best hitters in the entire league. He only has 372 at-bats also, so he's going to progress really quickly. Um, for the Rockies, I can see this. Uh, obviously, you get an automatic upgrade for this year, probably, but only you only probably get this upgrade for this year as Murphy's going to decline and Story's going to increase in value. Although, I can see if JK values strikeouts a lot, Daniel uh, Daniel Murphy obviously almost never strikes out with only 57 strikeouts and 531 plate appearances. So, but I do like the overall value that the Nationals got for Murphy. I think this was a really solid trade for them because Story is going to be for the next six years one of the best hitters in the entire league. He plays shortstop, which is a difficult position. It's not like his fielding stats are so bad that they can't keep him at shortstop. You might want to consider moving him to DH, but on, the really the only reason why I would move him to DH is his energy is only five, so that is a problem. But again, I don't see it as that big of an issue. That you, it's not like he, he's still going to be one of the best hitters in the entire league. So yeah, I'm gonna have to say I really side with Washington on this point. Because it still keeps them in this win now perspective, because but it also allows them to extend their winning their chances of winning for the next three, four, five, six years down the line. Um, so thanks a lot for listening. If you have any suggestions or questions, let me know. Again, sorry that I sort of ramble didn't do this on a script or anything was just sort of going through looking at it trying to give my opinion uh if any of you guys want to be on the trade committee once all 30 maybe 28 29 teams join i'll put up a ballot 
for the trade committee and I'll put your names if you want. Uh, preferably you've had experience, so I really like you to have at least have a couple thousand sims under your belt. But yeah, anyway, and uh, also please uh, recruit because I'd really like to get this league sort of started up. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I really like my rule, the rules that I made for this league. I think they're pretty unique. I mean, I guess OOTP2 also has a lot of these same rules, but I'm, you know, I'm just excited for the league and I'm hoping to start it up in the next couple of days. So uh, thanks for listening again and uh, let me know if you like it. I'll put it on YouTube and um, I guess also uh, if this does become a weekly thing, I'll... I mean, I'm willing to like try to get this hosted so I can uh, put it on iTunes as well. But for now, I'm not going to – like if this is only a one-time thing, I just don't want to pay like hosting fees to host all this recording on some website so I can put it up on YouTube. But So anyway, sorry for rambling. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, let me know if you have any questions or suggestions. Signing off, Windy City for VRMLB.